The Start. On Demand. On Demand. For the first time in two months, Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb were together again on The Start. Mackling and McGarry in studio for the first time since March. McNabb in Brandon, as masks are now mandatory in public places as of today. So we had much to discuss on that front as the number of COVID-19 cases continues to rise. The Manitoba Ride for Dad had to switch its format to Ride Alone Together. We'll learn more about that. And on Saturday at Granite Hills Golf Course in Lactabonny, a fox stole my golf ball. That prompted us to ask, ever witness anyone steal something, whether that someone is human or animal? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Monday, August 24th podcast for The Start. All right, let's do a roll call here. Greg Mackling. Present. Loren McNabb. <laughs> Loren McNabb. Four, three, two, one. We thought we had her. <laughs> we thought we had her. So close. <laughs> so close. We promise you that Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb are back together again for the first time in two months. I just got back from two weeks off, and as Tony Stark said in Iron Man 2... Oh, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. Oh, I think I hear her now. There's a <laughs> I, wrestling I can, and a rumble. I can hear you guys, so I think it's just deliberate. Can you not hear me? We can hear you now. Are you there? <laughs> Loren, are you there? Uh, maybe it's just my location because I am very, very far from you this morning. I can see you from here, though. Just wave. <laughs> Where ah, you? the wide open prairie. I'm in Brandon this morning. Just arrived here about 30 minutes ago where, of course, we know these new restrictions are coming to effect with people. So I just... Uh, Pulled over and stopped for some gas at the top of the hill and saw many people wearing masks that were also fueling up at this hour. Also saw people walk in the store that were not wearing masks. So I think there's going to be a learning curve here over the next few days, guys. So you you you, you stopped for gas at the top of the hill. You told us that you had a you couldn't figure out the gas card the company gave you. So what did you do? Just vacate and push the car down the hill <laughs> no, to I just gain paid. some momentum? paid with my own money so hopefully that's coming back to me somehow no i'm in the company vehicle which i've never used before and so i popped in the gas card and then it said please enter your driver number so i pushed one <laughs> and i pushed two and i pushed three and i was like all right none of these things are working and this card's about to get eaten so i think i'll just pay for this myself but yeah i wanted to see what everybody was doing because i think uh, you know there were some people pumping gas with their masks on and then when they went in to pay as some people had to do some people didn't have masks on and so i said to the guy at the counter so now what is that on you to kick them out or not let them in and he's like i don't know so you know i think there'll be a lot of questions as we move forward with this including what is the gas card number <laughs> well i think that's maybe the most important num- question that's been asked so far this morning but uh, do you think you're going to get a lot of i don't know this morning loren well i think I, I this is one of my questions too i i think part of the thing is that you know you're, you're supposed to wear them in all public places indoor or outdoors and so how does that work for different businesses i i just took a drive through what they call the 
is it the Corral, Greg, you know, where there's a Home yes. Depot and um, the liquor store and the Michael's craft store. And I just checked to see if any of them have signs up just reminding people about this. And, and only one of them did. It, um, and so I don't know if it's incumbent on the stores to put that sign up. The gas station had one up, the SO gas station at the top of the hill. So there's going to be that warning where you have to remind people. And then I think there's going to be businesses that say, do I have to kick them out now if they come in without one? And then who's going to enforce all that, right? And and so I think there's going to be lots of questions. And plus, as I was thinking, you know, right on the number one goes through the north end of Brandon. And there'll be a lot of people coming from Saskatchewan that might not know they've just crossed into a province where as soon as you hit that border, you're now required to put on a mask, right? So I think that the public education part will be big. And then again, whose job is it going to be to crack down on all this? And you're going to be at uh, Comfort Kitchen after Global News at 8 o'clock. Are you going to be indoors? And if so, will you be wearing a mask? Well, I brought my mask and my plan is like I'm in the car right now and I'm not wearing one because this is my own space. I'm interviewing the deputy mayor um, at seven o'clock and we'll be doing that outside. And so I'll put a mask back on because I'll be on the sidewalk. And then when I go in the restaurant, I will I will wear my mask, but I'm not really sure what the rules are. I think they're they're different depending on the kind of business. I don't think there's an expectation that people would go into a restaurant and wear a mask, but try to eat. So there's uh, that's a question I'll have for the restaurant owner in terms of how he's been able to dissect the different rules and then of course staff most staff i've seen in stores right now that are open and again it's early uh do have their masks on but we know lots of businesses have been mandating that anyway for their employees and so yeah i I i'll wear one brett um but you can't eat with one and you can't have a coffee with one so lots of questions yeah you can't can't uh pound a bottle of wine with one on either now greg you were wondering based i mean this is the first time i've been in studio with you (laughs) right since march Right? Yes. We were separated by this rock glass from unbreakablewindows.com. But uh, you were wondering if they're going to boot some of us back out over after yesterday's news. They had the rare news conference uh, from Dr. Brent Rusin because the numbers were pretty big. Well, of course, on Saturday, if we go back to Saturday, 42 broke the quote-unquote all-time record for COVID-19 cases in Manitoba for, for one 24-hour period. And then on Sunday... The COVID-19 kind of looked at, yeah, you ain't seen nothing yet. 72 cases yesterday. Now, of course, 47 of those cases, Loren, are concentrated in what they're calling a known cluster. And they're doing some very preemptive testing, mobile testing. Uh, and and we understand that to be connected to uh, one or more Hutterite colonies. So mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Brent Rusin saying, yes, these numbers are startling, but... They're also encouraging at the same time because we're getting a lot of cooperation uh, from the communities affected. Yeah, I think you used the right word proactively. They went into some of these communities from the sounds of it and said, we're going to test as many people as we can because they want to get a sense of what the numbers are. And so the num- the numbers are startling in the sense of we've never seen anything at 72. 42, as you mentioned, was the big one. And then, and then to have that 72 yesterday... Uh, kind of had that whoa factor but when you put the context to it they are going in they are trying to figure out where it all is and so hopefully that'll help piece it all together in terms of the the way forward from this and question of the day just looking at friday's question of the day at cjob.com bc has announced tougher penalties for not following safety rules during the pandemic should manitoba be fining more people for not obeying the rules and you've got 59 percent who say no and 41 uh, percent say yes question of the day by the way for mr furnace don't call them first you'll see why call mr furnace 204-832-6243 but it will be curious i'm curious to see if more fines will be handed out in 
Brandon and the surrounding area. So lots to discuss from Brandon this morning with Loren McNabb on location. And coming up at 645, if you want to see something funny on my Twitter uh, or Instagram. It is funny. A fox stole my golf ball at Granite Hills. Is it wrong that I laughed very hard at that? I was howling with laughter. I couldn't believe it. I saw it going over to the tee box. And like, it's going to take my golf ball. That's what foxes do. And sure enough, it took my golf ball. So we want to know. Do you think know... it thought it was an egg? Yes. Okay. Because they do this all the time. But it happened oh, to a friend of mine, that. too. Yeah, took the golf ball. How the expensive a ball was it? Uh, I think it was two bucks a ball. So. And what, what's Couldn't the rule on that? Do you lose the stroke? Like, how does that work? I think, actually, it is technically a penalty. I need to double check that. <laughs> Even better. McGarry, McNabb, Mackling. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, all three of us back together. Loren is in Brandon and... Just to, by the way, heads up, there was a crash this morning, five-ton truck on its side, Grant and Waverly. That intersection was closed in all directions. If you have been through there and that's changed, let us know, 204-780-6868. Loren is in Brandon this morning because of the changes happening starting today with masks in public places. But over the weekend, I was in Lactubani playing golf at Granite Hills, and I encountered a fox. I was on the 12th tee box getting ready to hit my shot, and a look at... The- cart path and this fox is casually sauntering down the path i've never i have seen a baby fox on a golf course sort of poke its head out of the bush but i've never seen one out in the in just walking around and uh this is what happened hi (laughs) are you gonna take my golf ball (laughs) you can't eat that (laughs) fine take it Already given enough away to this golf course. So the fox took my golf ball. It, I, as I walked from the tee box to the cart path to take the video, it ran over to the tee box, kind of casually walked up to the ball and took it. Well, you were, in your mind, you saw what was coming. Yeah. Like, quite far ahead of time. So you'd heard that this is what foxes uh, will do from time to time it, with golf balls? It happened to a buddy of mine. We believe it happened to a buddy of mine at Oak Island because his ball was there. We all saw it. Right. And then it disappeared. <laughs> and he thought he saw a fox in the vicinity. So we, we, the theory is that the fox took it. But I've seen fox. You know what? I think I actually have seen a fox sort of dart across a fairway before. But I've heard them that they take the balls because I think they think that they're eggs. So they take the golf ball. Uh, so I lost the golf ball at Granite Hills. Uh, it was a great day in spite of the rain early in the day. But we wanted to just quickly ask you, have you ever witnessed anybody stealing something here? So I believe we've got Jeff Braun, Kelly Moore, producer Kyle. Roll call. Kelly, are you there? Uh, present. Jeff Braun. Hello. And producer Kyle. Hello. All right. Greg, why don't we start with you? You said you had a good one. Well, on the way into work, I think it was pretty early in our uh, adventure together in the mornings. Uh, uh, Loren, I don't know if you were around uh, at this point in time or not, but on the way in, I made a very conscientious decision to go to one Seven Eleven versus the other based on the time of the morning. I picked the wrong one Uh because when I went in to uh, get, I think it was some orange juice, a banana and a couple of other things, I could sense the other person that was in the store with me was up to no good. I kept my distance and sure enough, he was asking about lottery tickets and when the clerk 
pulled the sleeve out of the tray that, you know, you got the, the plexiglass counter viewer. And he said, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, he wanted more than just that one. He wanted them all. And when the clerk pulled, pulled that uh, tray out, he jumped up on the counter and scooped as many of the lottery tickets as he could and ran out the door. And I was shaking. I looked at the clerk. I said, do you want me to do anything? Do you want me to call the police? No, no, it happens all the time. <laughs> like, okay, well then, that's part of your regular routine because it's certainly not part of mine. So, so that's the last time I saw a human being steal anything. Kelly? I don't know what was stolen, but uh, the most bizarre thing I ever remember happening was uh, back in, oh, I don't know the exact year, but we were on one of those uh, triple-decker sightseeing buses in London, and we were on the very top so we could see everything. And all of a sudden, this young girl comes shooting across the street. She she did get hit a bit by the bus. And then all of a sudden, these two security guys are chasing her. So obviously, she'd lifted something out of a store. But how she avoided not getting hurt seriously by that bus just astounded me. And we, we all, you know, all of us were, were sitting there and we tell them the security guy, she went that way, she went that way. I don't know if they ever caught her or not. What about you, JB, Jeff Braun? I didn't actually see it, but someone else stealing something ended up benefiting me quite a bit. I came, uh, this was 25 years ago when I was actually living in Brandon, and it was winter, and I come outside, and I notice the extension cord from a car has been stolen, which, you know, it's not, that's obviously a fairly common thing, but it really uh, it bugged me a lot. I was very upset about it, and it let the car warm up. It did start, and then when I backed out, I noticed, I felt like I was like, what am I driving over? And I get out, and there was a different extension cord <laughs> under my car. And the benefit was the one that got stolen from me was about 10 feet long, and the one that they put under my car was like 30 feet long. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's a better cord, and I still have it. <laughs> 25, 25 years, years later. Yeah, and there was no way to find out who's, you know, what the rightful owner of that cord was. And since I was down one, I just kept it. McNabb and Brandon, what have you got? Uh, you know, curbside giveaway weekend, it lends itself to all sorts of things being stolen. And so on my front lawn, the kids had played a lot of road hockey that summer. And uh, the net was on my lawn, like not on the curb, but I, I feel like fairly deep on the lawn. And I watched this van pull up and do like a slow circle and get out and look at my net and then circle around the block and come out again. And they got out of the car and they were I don't know how many people it was, I can't recall, but there's a few people about to grab the net and my neighbors, bless them, just come running out, like waving their hands, like, what are you doing? And next thing you know, I look out the window and they're just carting that net as far back into my yard as they can go, like chucking it over the fence so that nobody could steal it. But that's as close as I've come to seeing uh, something taken right off my property. And I think it would be my fault. I think I'd be to blame there because it was giveaway weekend. Uh, Loren McNabb, for those just tuning in, where do you find yourself this morning? I am in downtown Brandon on Princess Avenue, and I'm here because, of course, the restrictions uh, that have been part of this Code Orange, or I guess Level Orange, as they're calling it for public health, go into effect today. That includes wearing a mask when you're in an outdoor gathering. Uh, gatherings have to be less than 10, and, of course, wearing a mask when you're in a public place. And so if I sound a little muffled because I put my mask on this morning uh, because I'm bringing on a guest, guys, who, as we were just discussing, we're working our way through the rules ourselves. Of course, I'm joined now by Chris Desjardins. He's the deputy mayor for Brandon. And this is also your ward, Chris, right here on Roster Avenue. A lot of businesses 
Um, when it comes to just the rules in question, has there been confusion or do you think most people get what they're supposed to do as of today? Yeah, thanks, Lauren. So I, I, I think um, there's been time for people to digest the, the differences and I, I think uh, we were a little confused when they switched to Code Orange but said that the restrictions weren't going into effect till Monday and then upon reflection I think that makes sense, right? Because if you had uh, a wedding that you had planned for you know for years on on Saturday, uh, you would hate to have to tell people uh, that that wasn't happening, or if they you were know, coming in from parts unknown, or if you were holding a, a tournament and there was some of that that was happening. I think you need to get people give people that chance to prepare for the new restrictions. And so, I think we're waking up Monday to a, a new reality. But hopefully, um, this is the first step in the right direction to um, you know flattening this curve in Brandon. So I was seeing just people just now walking into work. I know we're going to head into Comfort Kitchen, the restaurant after eight and staff members there going in with their masks on saw someone walking uh, by with a mask on one without you and I are able to keep our six feet distance now and so as you understand it uh, that's the re there's no mask requirement in this scenario but as, as I understand just, yeah. it as long as we are you know six uh, two meters apart there there wouldn't be a mask requirement in this situation is the learning curve going to be a bit steep for the next few days you think in, when that comes to mind I was mentioning earlier I stopped at a business and uh, some people went in without their masks on and some people didn't and it's 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 educating the public but it's also asking the question well whose job is it going to be to enforce all of this and and i think that that's going to certainly going to be one of the challenges it's uh I, I think it's going to be similar to to a bylaw right like uh littering um who's gonna we there's still litter here out on the streets, but we know uh, that it can be enforced and that it, it is, you know, it is a bylaw, so it is against the law. And right now, uh, we're asking people to wear masks and they're mandatory. But, you know, as far as putting people in jail or fining them, I, I, I don't know if we're going to be, hopefully we don't have to go that far. Hopefully people uh, recognize that we are in this together and in spite of what your beliefs are around, you know, the threat and the severity of the situation. Um, we, we, we need to do something and we don't want to put it on uh, restaurant owners, waiters, cashiers to be policing this. It really is, uh, takes a, it's upon each individual to do their part. So we'll get through the next couple of days in terms of just trying to figure out who has the mask, who's prepared, who understands the rules. Do you feel like this is a thing you'll get pushback on or do you think you'll move forward with this? Uh, and I'm, I'm sure there'll be there'll be a few people in our in in every community that that pushes back. But I would say there that um, over the last week or so, there's probably been more of a community push for rather than push against these because sorts of restrictions. People want to get through this. People want to get through this. People want us. You know, kids want to go back to school, and parents want to send their kids back to school in a safe environment. And 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 this is so. This is the challenge we're in, right? We're we're, I don't know if we're at a tipping point, but we really want, I think, parents, community residents want to, want to feel uh, a little safer when they go out. They want the economy to flourish. They want they want to go back to some sense of normal, um, and, and we can make some of these changes and adapt right now uh, so so that we can keep the economy going, right? And, and we can keep going to work, and we can feel safe when we go outside. So I think that there's more of a push for, and... And that we maybe have to get used to these kinds of things, right? If we're going to have these different levels of responses and what and and get used to what those responses might be. So I think we're all wrapping our heads around this. 
and um, you know, hopefully the restrictions that uh, Paramount, or sorry, that uh, Dr. Rusin and uh, Provincial Health have put in place over the next two weeks, perhaps a month, will bring us back down to a place where we can then go back to down to a yellow or a green um, level. Well, they're talking about 28 days, two incubation periods was the time. Uh, that's the minimum as far as you understand it. That will probably, you'll be in this for at least the next four weeks, Chris? Yeah, but I think you know, there is a lag in testing. Uh, you know, and uh, the positive positivity rates is up, creeped, crept up a little bit. I think that they've done a good job reaching out to some of the uh, close-knit communities uh, uh, surrounding uh, Brandon, and uh, kudos to them and to those uh, members of those communities for um, for getting all that testing done. So that the the, the the test positivity is is, is up a bit, and we want to see that come back down. But um, you know, hopefully. It's not more than uh, two weeks or 28 days so uh, before we can go back down to um, to a lower level. So again, I'm speaking with Deputy Mayor of Brandon, Chris Desjardins. Of course, we're also in your ward, lots of businesses down here. If people don't have masks, I know Maple Leaf have been handing out masks in the last week. Is the city taking part in any initiative to get masks to more people? So I, you know, I think um, uh, Mayor uh, Rick Crest and uh, our emergency manager, uh, Brian Case, and, and, and Dean Hammond, they meet uh, a couple times a week. And uh, they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, right? Uh, Brandon's a little different than Winnipeg in that we only have one full-time uh, city councillor, and that is the mayor. So he does a lot of this work with emergency operations and, and planning and preparedness. And uh, we've, we have brought that up uh, uh, several times. So, you know, hopefully uh, folks who don't, who don't have masks now will still have those made available to them. I think it's a health crisis. And so anybody who, you know, is struggling out there and, and you know, maybe can't afford to, to, to purchase their own masks, we'll, we'll make sure that... Uh, free masks are available for everyone. All right, Chris, thanks very much. Chris Desjardins, Deputy Mayor of Brandon. Thanks, have a great day. Well, back to you guys again uh, in Brandon today, going to head into a restaurant next where we'll see what the the messaging is there for folks. And as I understand it, most of them are working hard to send the message, come in with a mask and then take it off once you sat down. And so it'll be different depending on the scenario, but we'll update that uh, later in the hour. And Loren, you were wondering if you should have sausage instead of bacon. And Eve mm. is asking the question, if you have sausage instead of bacon, does it mean you're cheating on the bacon? So yes. we're curious to know yes. what you should have both. Just get both. No, no. Yeah, then there's Can't no jealousy on the part of the bacon. And <laughs> You can maintain that jovial and cordial relationship you have with the bacon. Oh, boy. All right. Lots of thought went into this, guys. I like it. <laughs> Over the weekend, when I was golfing at Granite Hills, I encountered a fox. Oh, it helps if I turn on my audio. I've been away for two weeks. I can't remember how to do anything here. All right, let's try this again. Hi. <laughs> Are you going to take my golf ball? <laughs> and it took my golf ball off the 12th tee at Granite Hills, and we're getting all kinds of text messages. In response to the question, have you ever witnessed anybody steal anything, Greg? Hitting three off the tee, Brett McGarry. <laughs> oh, Ian says it's not a penalty. I had a couple of people text oh. me to say it is not a penalty. Ian says if okay, your good. ball is at rest and an animal interferes, no penalty. Replace it on the place of the ball of the same spot. Very good. Good, good. Uh, Fox is stealing more than just golf balls, Brett. Uh, one of our listeners saying, my first encounter with a thief was at Nudimick Lake. A sly fox sneaked up to our tent and poof, he stole my shoe. <laughs> Good thing I had another pair of runners with me. 
Nice. What else do we have here? Another text saying uh, theft. Worked for a running event a couple of years ago, giveaway weekend. Uh, Lorenz's story tied back to giveaway weekend and the potential theft of her goalie or hockey net. Um, this listener says set up three water aid stations for the runners. Tables, large water bottles, pumps for the bottles, cups. When the volunteers showed up to set the water stations up, all was gone. Not sure, but somebody really needed stuff. Scrambled, we were able to get cases of water and cups from a local store on extremely short notice. Moral of the story, on giveaway weekend, nothing is safe. And Brad saying, making a sandwich, I noticed my dog is quiet and upstairs. She won't come when called. That equals trouble. As I go, she slinks down for sure trouble. I look around, nothing. Come downstairs, the sandwich is stolen. Premeditated <laughs> theft by the dog. <laughs> COVID-19 cases increasing. We need to have the mask to protect, especially on the buses. When you're sitting on the buses and you got 20 people in there, you need those masks. People don't keep their six feet, so you always need that mask. I think it, it protects from the sneezing, the coughing, the, the little bit of spit that comes out when you talk. Do you think that masks should be made mandatory for people riding the bus in Winnipeg? I would think so because most of the buses are pretty crowded, especially around the... Uh, Rush hour. Winnipeg is voicing their views on whether or not masks should be mandatory on City of Winnipeg transit buses, courtesy of our own Clay Young. According to information compiled for our next guest, by our next guest, Brett, Winnipeg is the only city in Canada with a population of over 150,000 people which hasn't mandated the use of masks on their respective transit systems. North Kildonan City Councillor Jeff Berwadi has been leading the charge at City Hall to see that happen here so far with no success. Berwadi joined Clay on his weekend wake-up show yesterday. I did hear back from one of my contacts at the province. They suggested Winnipeg could do its own bylaws to make uh, mask wearing on buses mandatory. Uh, release I put out earlier in the week was uh, about making a, uh, a change to the, the provincial uh, regulations. That way you could um, make it mandatory everywhere and it could be done very quickly. So far, that has not happened. Our next guest says there is a much simpler solution. Zach Fleischer is a communications consultant here in the city of Winnipeg and joins us now live. Zach, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. And uh, I just wanted to quickly, uh, hey, thank you for having me on. But um let your listeners know that uh, in my former career, I did work for the Transit Workers Union. So I don't have any current affiliation with them right now, but uh, in the spirit of transparency, thought I would let you know. And just one small correction on that list. We are not the, we're missing one city off of that list. Saskatoon is voting today. So uh, later today, we should have a correction on that one. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to be on this morning. Um, my concern is that you know, normally uh, Winnipeg, we're not often um, early adopters of new civic policies, but right now we're actually the last one without having uh, any mandatory masks on public transit. Uh, there's a there's a huge list of cities: Toronto, Vancouver, uh, Montreal, Calgary, Edmonton, St. Catharines, even Regina. And um, I think it's incumbent on our on our civic leadership to think: How can we best protect our riders? Right and I think as well, um, folks might remember early in the pandemic, we really recognized the importance of frontline workers in our economy. Uh, we recognized perhaps perhaps for the first time that our supply chains, our shelves are stocked because of these crucial workers. 
And many of these workers rely on transit, and uh, we owe it to them to protect uh, them not only in the workplace through through masks, social distancing, the availability of hand sanitizer, but we also owe it to them to uh, protect them on the way to the workplace. So before we ask you, who can, in your opinion, uh, make these rules, regulations, or in la- enact a law requiring this? Are drivers wearing masks right now, Zach? Is that something that's mandatory for operators? You know what? Um, for for me, I'm 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 not entirely sure on that one. I've heard from a lot of drivers who have reached out to me uh, through my connections for working with the unions. A lot of them are wearing it. Um, the big concern for the drivers, though, is the enforcement because, as you know, there's a lot of disputes over fair enforcement within the city of Winnipeg already. And what I would say the for for concerns for the drivers is that when you look at Toronto, when they brought this in. Um, they were able to see about 90% adherence to a mask bylaw within a few days uh, without having to uh, bring in transit police or additional inspectors or additional resources. And the reality is um, is that Canadians, by and large, are reasonable people. We're willing to listen to things when we're told. When the government says, hey, you know, you got to stay home, you got to do this. But the current language that we're seeing of a strong recommendation um, you know, it's, it's not working. And I'm hearing firsthand from, from friends of mine who ride the bus. I'm, I'm biking through the downtown on an almost daily basis. And I'm making sure to see. Sometimes you see, you know, 7 out of 10 riders are wearing it. Sometimes it's, it's 20%, right? And I think it's incumbent on us to figure out a solution to ensure decent public health here for the drivers and also for, uh, for the riders. What's the holdup? You know what? I, uh, a, a few years ago, I, I said to myself, I'm going to stop questioning why City Hall doesn't make certain decisions. I'm just going to push for them to make better ones. Um, if you look at the Winnipeg, uh, City of Winnipeg Transit or Public Transit Bylaw and Code of Conduct, the bylaw is pretty clear. I mean, it, it kind of says these are the expectations you have when riding transit. And it would just take a, a simple stroke of political leadership, perhaps from the mayor's office or city council, to come forward to transit and say, listen, this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm just looking at it right now. You know, the code of conduct says no smoking, littering, spitting, vandalism, or graffiti, no consumption of alcohol, do not disturb other passengers, you know, do not put your feet on the bus seat. These are all things that you, you know, you would consider in the same vein as wearing a mask. And so far the city has kind of said, well, we're going to wait for the, for the direction of public health. But, at some point, you have to kind of look in the mirror and say, well, what does every other city know? And what does Walmart, Superstore, every large grocery store, what do they know that we don't know? And I think it's a, it's an easy solution to move towards. It's one where the city can show leadership. It can show confidence in the transit system that it's safe. Uh, and it's an easy step forward to uh, as, as we continue to reopen the economy and as the weather turns colder and we can't easily bike or walk uh, as we have been all summer, that people are going to rely on transit and they need it to be safe. Transit has some unique uh, powers, Zach, in terms of enforcing the rules that it sets for uh, things that happen on its buses. They have supervisors uh, that can ask, actually escort you off the bus, and there are different things that can be done. So is it your opinion, then, that it would be as simple as transit uh, declaring this a rule for operation and for you to get on the bus? I think it'd be a very easy thing for them to do. They already have the infrastructure to get the message out. Uh, they've been doing a, a good job at getting the message out in regards to encouraging people to wear masks. Um, 
I think it would it would be quite easy for them to do. I, again, I think that Canadians, by and large, if if the power of stigma is an interesting thing, if if you know that you should be wearing a mask, but you're told to wear a mask, even the look of another bus rider, if you're not wearing it one day, you might kind of think, hey, you know, this is something we should consider. The other thing too is the city could easily do a pretty easy publicity blitz, and uh, as Council Barawati did is spend a day uh, dispatching supervisors and staff to hand out masks. Just keep people keep people aware. And you know what? I'm, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, transit riders are perfect. I think there's going to be people who might occasionally forget a mask. There are people who unfortunately feel that their own needs are more important than our collective ones. And they might say, you know what? I don't want to wear a mask. And we're not going to deal with those people. But if we can get the people who would see the logic in this, and I think, you know, uh, most people are reasonable, I think that they could uh, easily make this happen. Loren McNabb is in Brandon, in the heart of the Prairie Mountain Health region. And Loren, uh, where are you? And uh, have you had any bacon and or sausage yet? No, I haven't placed an order yet, but I'm, I'm on Princess Avenue in the restaurant known as the Comfort Kitchen and the doors just opened a few minutes ago and so they usually get a typically busy Monday morning drive but the owner has all sorts of questions guys in terms of how this is going to work going forward Uh, and I'm pleased to welcome on right now Derek Wachishan. Good morning Derek. Good morning. So you and I were just talking just uh, off air now you have a mask on I have one hanging around my neck too. As you understand it what are the rules for your customers when they walk in the door this morning? Well, I haven't heard uh, exactly what uh, protocols come from public health, but uh, I am assuming that you come in the door with a mask and once you're seated at your table, we are still at 50% capacity with the six-foot rule in place. So once you are socially distant, you can take your mask off. Um, Once you're done your meal, if you have to go to the washroom or you get up to pay or leave, you must put your mask back on. And that's, again, that's that's what you're going to do right now until because you've asked for some clarity and you haven't received that yet. Yes. Uh, Friday, there was a couple emails sent back and forth with my uh, public health inspector, and she was waiting for a directive from her people, and I guess she didn't get it because we never got it either. Kind of... Uh kick to to the added that you're already down in business i'm assuming because of everything and then you hear that you have to have this mask and the mandatory mask and there's going to be some confusion i imagine over the next few days what goes through your mind first of all as a business owner in terms of how you're going to manage this and hopefully get through it without any additional financial loss well that's kind of tough um there's so many unknowns happening right now that uh, we're just kind of taking it day by day um I know it's easy for all my staff to throw on a mask because they're walking around the building and serving people and whatnot. Um, But it does kind of take away from the personal service of uh, the dining out experience. Um, And I guess it's just kind of a wait and see approach. Um, And I know that I've been watching on social media and it seems that when you make masks mandatory, people are they're more hesitant to come out. Mm. So I feel that we, like we've already seen a drop in sales and since the COVID started, um, we've had a lot of community support uh, since we've reopened on June 9th, but I feel like this mandatory masks might make people more 
hesitant and we might see another drop in sales again. What worry do you have that they'll come to the door, not have a mask and leave or come to the door, not have the mask to walk in? And and I know you're going to provide them with the mask, but maybe not want to wear it. What advice have you given to your servers and your wait staff to say this is how you should deal with this if you meet that customer? Well, this is uh, day one for the mandatory masks in public. Uh, I have purchased extra masks to give out, but once again, I'm still waiting for the direction from public health to give my staff the proper and correct information uh, moving forward in this little uh, period of time. Hopeful that people will have that grace period, right? A couple of days to try to work through some of the kinks because we don't necessarily know all the answers. You're coming at this from a business owner this morning, trying to figure out where masks are needed, but you're also a father. so. You need to get through this and hopefully have those cases drop if you want your child to go to school. Correct, yes. And so what's your worry um, or what's on the what's top of mind is, is you try to push through the next couple of weeks? Well, I think um, with regards to school, uh, I guess I'm a bit nervous and, and I've heard it from other parents as well um, that with these active cases in Brandon, um, back when COVID started, you never heard, uh, if there was a case in Brandon and now we have actual numbers of cases in Brandon. So, uh, I believe a lot of those people that have, um, the COVID in Brandon potentially have children and children could be asymptomatic and go to school and pass it to other kids who could pass it to their parents. So there's that worry kind of lingering there. So it's almost, You know, I'm feeling kind of hesitant to send my kid back to school right off the bat on day one, um, but uh, still kind of figuring that part out. Is that the, what weighs most heavily on your mind right now? Is that the biggest part of the equation for you? Because you have your staff to worry about, you have your customers to worry about. There's the health equation, but there's also just the social aspect of of everybody trying to get back to some sort of normal or new normal or whatever we want to call it. And school is a big part of that for so many of us. Yeah, my kids... uh, Ever since they shut down the school and he's been homeschooled, he's missing his friends a lot, and I think he's missing that social aspect. So um, we've kind of worn out all the things you can do at home, and uh, he's really ready to get back to going to school and and seeing his friends. So um, I guess... Yeah, it's kind of tough because, you know, as a parent, you want your kid to have fun and, uh, and hang out with their friends. And uh, if they're not able to do so, then it's uh, tough on both, uh, both parties. So. Education Minister is giving an update at 10 o'clock. We'll carry that live here on 680 CGOB just in terms of how school is going to continue going forward. Of course, Dr. Rusin's talking at 1 o'clock, and there might be some chance to get some clarity on the questions in and around masks. For you as a business owner, the number one question is, what's the rule in restaurants? Yes. Just uh, what's the procedure uh, with regards to customers coming in? Um, And obviously, like I mentioned, if they don't have masks, we have one for them just for the common areas. Uh, So we'll see see what they say and then just kind of follow the direction that they give out. We're at the Comfort Kitchen. Give us your address, Derek, again. 835 Princess Avenue. 835 Princess Avenue. I can hear lots going on in the kitchen, guys. The bacon is frying. The doors are open. He has masks at the ready should they need them. And just as an aside, Derek, for me before the break, we used to take the school bus together. He's a couple years younger than me, so we used to ride the bus in good old Minidosa. Derek Wachishan, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Got to, you just got to get that Minidosa reference in there. Hey, hey okay. come on. He One just, degree of separation, man. He had his mask on and he pulls it down. And he's like, you know, we used to take the bus together. And I was like, uh-huh. Hello, that Wachishan family. Got it. <laughs> or maybe he said that McNabb family. Oh, boy. <laughs> Well, we want to give away, in the meantime, a large two-topping pizza to Santa Lucia. So here we go. Here's the question. 
And this is surprisingly timely. According to a new survey, 88% of women say men who do this in public are sexy. So I'm taking note of this. Oh. 204-780-6868. Greg, who's our first caller? Liz is our first caller. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. As we always say, it's a double-edged sword to be the first caller through. You get the first opportunity, but that means you have to take the first guess. Right. Uh, can you repeat the question? According to a new survey, 88% of women say men who do this in public are sexy. What is it? Oh, God. Why me? Uh, flip their fingers through their hair. No. No, that's <laughs> not it. But that, yeah, if you've got, like, Jack Abbott hair... From Young and the Restless? Does that work, oh, Liz? Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's next? We're going to Keith. Good morning, Keith. Uh, I'm going to say, uh, I don't know, wear like an open shirt. No. <laughs> no, not an open shirt. And no chains oh, well, either, Keith. I'm 30 now, so I'll keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, according to a new survey, 88% of women say men who do this in public are sexy. What do you think, Marilyn? Sneeze. Sneeze? Sneeze in public is sexy? Why not? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, some, depending on the sneeze, one of our colleagues, uh, Ryan Kessler, hmm? he could sneeze, like his sneeze was like cannon fire. It was pretty cool. It was like but- you could hear him down the hall through the wall. I just don't think sexy goes with that, though. That's not something we no. get said in life. Some people are turned on by different things. That's Who, true. Who's next? <laughs> Deanna, good morning. Good morning. Do you know the answer to this question? Oh, I hope so. Oh. Um, open doors? No. Open no, doors. That's, that's, that's not. A, I like that. But chivalry. Hopefully chivalry. I, I, I try to be gentlemanly. Sometimes it's appreciated, sometimes I not. don't need you to open a door for me. I've had that one at Pull Apart <laughs> before. God. Uh, who's next? Jennifer. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. Do you think you've got this one? Um, yes, wear a mask. According to a new survey, 88% of women say men who do this in public are sexy. Can you repeat what you just said? Wearing a mask. Wear a face mask. Wow. I thought you were going to say something else, and it was like, uh, you can't use that F word on the radio, but (laughs) wear a face mask. That's right. You got it correct, Jennifer. Congratulations. We always have to ask, what two toppings are you going to get on your Santa Lucia pizza? Bacon and pepperoni. And do you think it is sexy when men wear the face mask in public? Yes. Really? Now, wh- why is that? Is it because it makes them more mysterious? Or is it because yeah. they, 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 this, this is a person who cares? A, p- a person who cares. Oh, yeah? That's nice. Okay. Well, thank you, Jennifer. Congratulations. I'm going to put you on hold. Do not hang up. Kyle Milroy needs to get some detailed information from you so we can make sure we can get that uh, pizza to you. We won't actually send you the pizza. We'll send you a piece of paper that entitles you to a pizza. I had a pepperoni and bacon and my bacon and shrimp from Santa Lucia on Friday night. Yeah. And wings. Had wings from Santa Lucia delivered for the first time. Very, very good. They've got great chicken at Santa Lucia. Big, if you get the fried chicken, big, hearty pieces. But yeah, I had Santa Lucia pizza twice over my vacation. <laughs> of I had course a, you did. I had a big, <laughs> fat vacation. It was wonderful. I had fried chicken twice from Magic Bird. I had uh, Indian food from East India. I ordered Chinese food. And I uh, had three massive burgers from this burger stand when I was in Oak Island for the Laker Classic from a place called The Creamy. And, uh, yeah, so my stomach, um, it's a little bit bigger today, 
but wow, it was good. You told me, Loren, because I, I think I suggested I was going to eat some salad. And you're like, you're not doing vacation right. No, come on. You don't make vacations with salad. That's just not how that works. So Friends nor nice. vacations are made with, not made with salad. You're not supposed to come back thinner. In fact, you were in the studio last week, and I was like, he's, he's the only guy that goes on vacation and looks like he's lost weight. So, no. I made sure to take steps to avoid that fate Ugh, as boring. I returned. But yeah, men apparently are more sexy if you're wearing a face mask. So guys, if you're single, and like I said, I'm single, I got to take note. <laughs> and we're making sure to wear a face mask. Some of us hide- need all the help we can get. <laughs> it also hides some things, right? I was laughing this morning because I uh, put lipstick on before my TV hit at 7.30, and then I put my face mask on, and I was like, oh, wait, that was completely unnecessary. <laughs> hey, this has got to be one of my favorite sounds. That is from the Manitoba Motorcycle Ride for Dad. Thousands of motorcycles rolling out from Polo Park to hit the road to fight prostate cancer. I should have brought my flag from last year. I came across it yesterday. Typically, the event is held in May. But as with everything this year, COVID-19 got in the way. And on Friday, Loren, the Ride for Dad announced how they'll be moving forward. Ed Johnner is the spokesperson for the Manitoba Motorcycle Ride for Dad and joins us now live on CJOB. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the time for being with us. I know it's been a long several months trying to figure out how you're going to move forward, and this year's format is going to be called Ride Along Together. What does that mean? Yeah, we call it a rat ride, um, and like you said, ride alone together. Um, obviously, we can't get together in the large groups as we have in the past, uh, so we're encouraging people to register online at rideforthat.ca slash Manitoba, collect pledges as they normally do up until October the 3rd, um, and either ride by, you know, organize your uh, ride for yourself, uh, decorate your bike and ride for dad stuff, uh, wear your ride for dad gear if you have it, take pictures, uh, send them to us, we can post them on social media. And, uh, you know, if you want to get together with a few friends, that's obviously fine, too. But uh, we're, we're discouraging the really big groups this year. Ed, obviously such an incredible cause. Uh, the motorcycle ride for Dad has become an annual event, sort of one of those things that you mark on your calendar. And a lot of us have friends that participate in this event. Have they been uh, approaching people for donations and sponsors uh, with the anticipation of the event going ahead in May, and so have you got technically a little bit of a head start for your event coming up? Well, I, I guess in a way you could say we have a bit of a head start. However, um, you know, because of the uniqueness of the format this year, we, we don't have that that attention-grabbing parade that has become so iconic, I guess you could say, in the city. But, uh, no, things are, things are going well, but, I mean, we still need, uh, we still need a lot of support. We saw some negativity on social media over the weekend uh, with people complaining about this format and how they won't be participating. Oh, I get, oh that, if that's going to be the case, I'm not going to take part. What's, what's your reaction to that? You know what? Prostate cancer uh, doesn't take a rest. Uh, it's still there. Uh, the, uh, you know, the pandemic doesn't affect it at all. Uh, one in seven Canadian men are going to get prostate cancer. Uh, you know, it could be your brother, your father uncle your best friend it could be you um you know it's uh it's still there and and it still needs to be uh 
uh, addressed. And, and, you know, if people, you know, if somebody chooses to feel that way, I, I guess so. I mean, hey, I'm disappointed we're not having the parade either. I mean, I look forward to it, uh, you know, all year. But, uh, you know, things unfortunately are just a little different this year. Yeah, it's a different year for so many groups that work so hard to raise funds. So what is the goal this year, regardless of the challenges and how it's a ride alone together as, a, as opposed to how it's been usual years? What, what's the target for this year again, Ned? Well, I mean, last year, we, on, as a matter of fact, on Friday, we presented a check for $350,000 uh, from last year's ride uh, to prostate cancer research in, in Manitoba. I mean, obviously, we'd like to do that again. I, I I'm optimistic, but uh, it's going to be tough to reach those numbers again. You know, hopefully we can get in the $300,000 range, maybe. I don't know. Ed, just remind folks, it's been 11 years since this incredible project started. And how much money have you raised in total for prostate cancer research and education here in our province? Because it's a mind-blowing amount of money. Yeah, it is. Uh, we never, when, when we started this 11 years ago, we never expected to hit, hit these kind of numbers. But uh, as of right now, uh, to date, we're at $2.5 million raised for prostate cancer research and education here in Manitoba. RideforDad.ca slash Manitoba is where you can get more information. Ed, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and good for you guys for coming up with a, a way to, to move forward with uh, the Ride for Dad. Thanks for having me on, guys. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb back together again for the first time in a couple of months. McNabb is in Brandon. We'll head back there in a moment. But before we do that, just want to... I just want to do something completely random. It has nothing to do with anything. It's not going to add a second of prod- productivity to your day. But, hey, that's part of the fun of being a morning show. Sometimes you just get to goof off. And Kelly's sports tease for 925 said, Vindication for Vegas. So, of course, the first thing I thought of when I heard that was... Vindication! Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> so I just wanted to play that. Just because why not? Oh, I love it. Fantastic. Do it again. I will. Do it again. Vindication! Yes. I should make that, uh, like, have that clip just loaded on my cell phone for any time I am vindicated in whatever uh, debate there is. And I can just hold it out like that. Uh, also, Greg, before we move on, we just got to quickly mention a big birthday today. It is Sean Connery's 90th birthday today, if you can believe that. Jeff Courier would say, from the files of uh, making you feel old, Connery, nine decades. And whenever I think of Sean Connery, I actually think of this. This is the sound a doggy makes. (laughs) Mr. Connery. (laughs) Mool. No. Well, that's the sound your mother made last night. Okay, that's not necessary. <laughs> I, d- I disagree, Alex Trubeck. It is necessary to play that clip. Well done, Brett McGarry, because I think so many of us think of Saturday Night Live and Sean Connery whenever we hear his name, more so than actually Connery himself. That's right. Poor Sean Connery. He, all, he has all these decades and a great body of work behind him, and here we are playing an SNL clip. It's the first thing I thought of, too, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. That is good stuff. Okay, I, I'm still in a good mood. It's Monday. It's my first day back from good vacation. Start. So we're, we're goofing off here. But Loren is in Brandon for some serious stuff. A big change has come to the Prairie Mountain Health region as of today, Loren. Yeah, so of course we knew that this was coming in terms of this code orange or this level orange that they call it for elevating the status or the risk assessment in this region. And that includes Brandon, Dauphin, Minnedosa, Clear Lake, a whole host of towns, Melita, Verdon, that are now required to A, wear masks when indoor in public places and outdoors for public gatherings. And those gatherings can be no more than 10 people. So it's a big change for a lot of people. Uh, And I was saying to you guys, I've seen all sorts of people, even when they're outside walking on their own wearing masks. I'm in the restaurant here on Princess Avenue, uh, Comfort Kitchen. It's a big breakfast diner. The owner was a bit worried that potentially he'd see fewer customers coming in his doors because of the mask requirement. He's asking them to come in, put it on, wear it to your table, and then once you sit down, you can take it off and eat. And he said, honestly, business has been slower this Monday than normal. But we do have about six or seven tables uh, full now. And I spoke just a few minutes ago to a man named Mark Morgan. He comes here quite regularly and uh, just wants people to put on the mask so they can move on. You come here weekly? Once a week. When you heard masks were mandatory as of today, did you think you'd have to change what you did coming in? What did you expect the rule to be when you walked through the doors? I figured it would be masks until I'm seated, and once we're ready to leave, then put the mask on, pay the bill, and leave. And how do you feel about that process? Uh, I think it's a, if, if, it's, if that's what it takes to make the virus go away, I'm all for it. As I'm sitting here, I'm watching your glasses fog off a little bit. And I know for some of us, it's just going to be a bit of a, I keep using the word learning curve this morning, right? You're going to have to figure out where it works, how it works. When it comes to uh, mass strategies, and I'm putting that in quotes, uh, do you have a bunch of them? Do you keep them in your glove box? How are you going to go forward in the next few weeks? I have one in each of the vehicles. And uh, I carry some paper ones around as well, just in case. Um, But that that shouldn't be an issue. The, The fogging here, I'm sure I can clear that up. What are you hearing from friends or neighbors in terms of how they're feeling right now about everything that's going on in your region and, and in your city specifically? A little concerned. Um, they think some of them think that it's overkill, but I, I just tend to agree with uh, the, the medical people. We need to do what we can to to end this. Morgan, he's in this morning having breakfast with one of his friends. You know, guys, I've noticed some people come in and they keep the masks on the whole time they're at the table. Uh, Another woman came through. She took her mask off as soon as she got out to the patio because she was making a choice to head back outside so she didn't even have to think about the mask. And so it'll depend where you are and what you're doing. But after this, the show wraps. I'm going to head out to a few other businesses because, of course, here you can sit down and take off the mask. There's going to be other spots where that's not the case. And I am curious to see how people do with the gathering size and the limits there and, and how it works for everyone here going forward because the number one thing I have heard over and over again uh, from the people I've spoken to this morning or spoke to this morning is let's just do this so we can get through this as you heard Mark said and not have to come back to it and that might be the warning call for the rest of us Greg. Yeah, I'm hearing that from a lot of my friends and neighbors let's just be better safe than sorry and I mentioned that on the air on Friday Loren whatever happened to better safe than sorry and uh, I sensed a little bit of that in Mark's tone of voice when you were speaking to him and we played that back uh, just now, that's just, you know what? Yeah. You know what? If we have to do it, let's just do it and uh, get it over with, so to speak. Well, listen Mm -hmm. to this uh, difference in the results of the question of the day, because it's on cjob.com and on Twitter at 680 CJOB. Question of the day, by the way, brought to you by Mr. Furnace. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furnace at 204-832-6243. So the question is, 
Masks are now mandatory in public places in Brandon and the Prairie Mountain Health Region. Should they be mandatory? Oh, I missed a word in the question of the day. i got to fix that. Should they be mandatory in and across Manitoba? And 60% say no. 34% or 35% say yes. And 6% say I'm on the fence. Whereas on Twitter, 71% say yes. Hmm. So a completely diametric opposite there. Yeah, no, and that doesn't surprise me, quite frankly, just based on uh, who I follow on Twitter. Uh, Lorraine, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the uh, pro-mask movement is alive and well on Twitter. Not to mean that the anti-mask movement isn't, but the uh, pro-mask movement seems to be ahead of the anti-mask movement on Twitter, at least. Yeah, and you know, I think we've seen a lot of changes. I think part of the the issue some people might have is just the way the mask debate evolved, right? And with so many things with COVID, it's been this evolution of what we learn and, and our best practices going forward. And that changes. Even in the last hour, we talked to the Louis Riel School Division about buses. And he said, yeah, like what we're planning for today might not be what we need to plan for tomorrow. And mask is one that I don't know if six months ago we would have... Um, seen this kind of scenario and and from what i'm seeing right now people on the streets have their masks on hey thanks for listening to the start podcast we are available on apple podcast google podcast wherever you find your favorite podcasts subscribe now and never miss an episode and if you like what you hear rate the show tell us what you think And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon. 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.